Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast. I am Casey, your host, and pardon my voice, I did spend the weekend outside at Georgetown, hooting and hollering, carrying on with everybody, and uh, now I can barely speak. But uh, wow, what a weekend it was. Um, Let's start off with Georgetown. Friday night. Uh, I believe the number ended up being 213 cars that were there. Uh, Five division show, plus they had the big block practice and 602 crate practice. Um, Got off to a slow start. Track was super wet, super slippery. Uh, Took a little bit longer than normal to pack that in and get it ran in. But uh, once it got underway, I thought it was a great show. Uh, To cap it off, the small block feature on Friday night the last lap was it's going to be hard to beat that lap uh, as far as entertainment value but uh, coming to the white flag Lawbach had the lead Mahaney was second and Stewie had just caught them in third and uh, Lawbach went around in one and two and a lap car was there holding his line uh, as far as I'm concerned I believe it's the leader's job to go around that lap car I mean how can the how can the lap car know where the leader's running at the time? But, um, you know, that's up for debate. But, uh, so Lawbach kind of got held up by the lap car. Mahaney got underneath him and snuck by him on the bottom coming out of two. Stu was right there on the outside of both of them. Coming into turn three, Mahaney had the advantage and the lap car was still there and ended up pushing up a little bit. And I think Mahaney was under the impression that Stu was going to end up catching the lap car, pushing up the track. But once, uh, once Kyle Weiss corrected himself, he ended up going back down to the bottom, which pinched Mahaney. And Stu just let her eat, come out of four, and went around both of them for the win. Uh, hell of exciting finish, like I said. Saturday at Georgetown, dude, 53 big blocks, I believe it was, 53 or 54, and they had about 72 to 74 crates in the house. Insane amount of cars, uh, once again, including the... Uh, the other divisions of the card, but um, again, track was a little heavy and slippery to start the night. It took a little longer to pack it in than normal. Um, but again, once I got underway, I thought it was a pretty good show. Heat races, I thought, were a little bit more enjoyable than the feature. Feature seemed to be a little bit of a, a one lane around the bottom kind of thing, but um, uh, to argue that point, your winner, Matt Shepard, did start 19th. So through a couple of wrecks, a couple of cautions, you know, picking his way through the field. I mean, he did run down Stu and uh, ended up winning over Stewie, got second, and Mahaney got third. So Stu and Mahaney had a a hell of a weekend. You know, first and second for Stu, and Mahaney ended up with a second and third. Nothing to uh, be ashamed about. On to the other events that did occur. Uh, Friday, the Outlaws were at the MAG. Ended up uh, Sheldon Hogan Shield with the win. And Cochrane Motor Speedway had a super late model Gobbler 100 makeup event, uh, which ended up going to Brandon Overton. Saturday, Lincoln again ran with Danny Dietrich picking up the win over Chad Trout and Matt Campbell. And Port uh, also did run their opener, which we uh, saw Lance Deweese, of course, take victory there over Kerry Madsen and Dylan Sisney. So uh, good to see Kerry Madsen getting off to a pretty good start in the Barshinger 24. And uh, the Super Late Models were also there with the win going to Trevor Feathers over Tyler Bear and Ross Robinson. The Outlaws also ran again on Saturday at The Rev, and that one went to David Gravel over Brad Sweet and Donnie Schatz. Uh, which takes us to today, Sunday. Uh, I did not venture out to the Grove I would have liked to. I mean, just to be at the opener, be at you know another event, another race. Uh, I had to go get prepared for Big Diamond season. Went up to the uh, up to the track to get some stuff done in the booth. Get ready for everybody to be uh, ready for practice in a couple of weeks. But uh, my wife and all of my friends did go to the Grove. They had a bit of an interesting dilemma going on with the the Ute tires or the implement tires, however you want to refer to them, going into turn three uh, along the bottom. So if anybody's been to the Grove and sits on Beer Hill, um, you can get a perfect view of this whole this whole thing where you know 
the Ute tires do run on the bottom of three, but they also stop for the entrance to the pits. And from what I'm gathering, the tires were out further onto the track than they are normally. And the Grove is known, absolutely notorious, for guys running the bottom. And they do pinch that off going into three as much as possible uh, on the bottom. And from what I'm gathering, again, that was sticking out a little bit further than normal. Uh, Robbie Kendall clipped it, junked his car. Uh, Austin Bishop clipped it, junked his car, and hot laps. This is all in hot laps. Um, and then Steve Buckwaller must have done the same thing and actually went out and <laughs> picked up the tire and chucked it, uh, <laughs> pretty much voicing his opinion for what he thinks of the tire. But uh, in the end, after all was said and done, little Freddie, uh, Freddie Rimmer took home the win over Justin Peck and Lance DeWeese. Notably, Brandon Raymer, who is now in the 1W uh, at the Grove on a Friday, first start in his car, coming home in fourth. That is uh, really good to see, again, someone different, someone who puts in the work, puts in the time, uh, having a good finish. But uh, this weekend coming up, we got Salem's Grove for the uh, Short Track Super Series on Saturday, and then that's going to roll over into Port Royal on Sunday, both afternoon start times. This will be my first time seeing the Modifieds at Sealands Grove. I heard it is badass, and I cannot wait. And, uh, of course, the uh, I think it's three or four times that the Modifieds now have been at Port with the Short Track Super Series. Those races have all been pretty phenomenal. So I uh, cannot wait to get back to that. And the only thing I have showing, obviously, Lincoln Port Grove... They're all running now the, on a weekly basis. They're going to have their being of the season taking off. Um, Outlaw Sprint Cars are running Friday at Cotton Bowl and uh, Saturday also at, at Cotton Bowl Speedway in Texas. Late models, I don't know that they are running anything uh, series-wise, tour-wise. But um, I'm sure there's events going on somewhere down south for uh, super late model guys. But um, I will say this on behalf of the podcast, did have some very interesting conversations with some very uh, interesting people this past weekend when I was in Georgetown. Let me tell you, if all ends as has been discussed, there are going to be some fantastic and incredible uh, guests and interviews on this show. Stay tuned for more details. But uh the proverbial ball is rolling downhill, so it is going to get better as we pick up speed. Uh, and as always, please hit the like and share button on the Facebook posts and on your podcast platforms. Please give a five-star rating. It is much appreciated. But uh, without further ado, we are moving on to this week's episode, this week's interview with the new driver of the 357 Norm Hansel uh, owned modified on Fridays at Big Diamond, Saturdays at Grandview, your 2020 New Egypt track champion, Danny Buck. So uh, enjoy the show and I will catch you guys next week. So with me today, I have the 2020 New Egypt Speedway Modified Champion, Danny Buck. Danny, uh, a busy man this offseason. You were definitely part of the newsmakers in the offseason. Uh, first thing I got to ask you is, how did the whole deal with the 357 come together? Yeah, you know, it was a... It was not really a last-minute deal, but I wasn't expecting it, and... Uh, you know, I had kind of already set some plans in with my cars, and Jay called me and asked me if I wanted to drive their stuff, and I was kind of in a bad spot because I had made some commitments already with my own cars, and uh, we kind of started talking back and forth, and I kind of hit him with, you know, oh, I can do Friday nights. My Fridays are open, and I was kind of expecting him to say, yeah, yeah, we're not really, we want someone for both nights, and he said, yeah, you know, we'll do that, and 
you know, maybe then we'll find somebody else for Saturday nights. And the more I thought about it at that point, it was like, uh, you know, we might as well do the whole deal and it just makes the most sense for them. And for me, it was just, it would have been too much work trying to race for them on Friday nights and run my own car Saturdays. You know, we had planned on running my 32 car at Bridgeport, but, um, you know, I talked with my sponsors and they were cool with me, you know, kind of going and doing that and, you know, it's definitely going to be exciting. I think I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity. It's, it's awesome. And it's been really good working with them guys so far. So I'm, uh, I'm super excited about it and, uh, hopefully we'll have lots of success. Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of us, you know, workers in the industry and fans were kind of all speculating what was going to happen because of course, you know, shit rolls downhill and, uh, you know, we, we heard the news about strunk you know the 126 and then stuff started to kind of pop up here and there about well not in the 15a either and then the Dwayne thing kind of came out of left field um that happened all in a matter of like an hour and everyone's like what the hell and uh you know i think a lot of people were speculating uh norm trying to get alex and uh I got to be honest, I, I don't think anyone ever mentioned your name as a possible driver for that car. But knowing him and knowing you, I can see this working out really well for both of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like I said, just from us kind of talking and I've I've talked with Norm a couple times now. It's been it's funny because I've I've called him three or four times throughout my career, you know, just as a hey, I'm, I'm here type of thing, you know, and uh, when he's been looking for drivers and, you know, knowing that, you know, I'm probably not ready for someone like him and, uh, you know, that type of equipment yet. And, uh, this time around he called me and, <laughs> and I was like, crap, you know, I, I have so much stuff kind of juggling around right now. And I just kind of, um, you know, had some other things going on and I was like, oh, you know, I really, can't commit to the Saturday night thing. I said, I can do Fridays. And like I said, it, it all worked out really good and I'm excited about it. Um, you know, no matter where I raced this year, I was just, I was looking for a change, you know, uh, it was really nice winning the championship at new Egypt last year. It was kind of something I've been working on for a while. So now's, now's the best time of all just to kind of branch out and try to become a better driver and run at some different tracks. Um, you know, I, I have quite a bit of experience at diamond, but, uh, not as, not as much at Grandview. So, you know, it'll, it'll be good to team up with them guys and, um, you know, try to, like I said, win some races and, and run up front. Yeah. And I think that it, it seems like the new thing now with the growth of the short track super series, it seems that drivers that are competing, on a regular basis with Deo are now trying to change up their weekly programs and where they run, trying to get more experience, whether it be a different track condition or just a different venue altogether. It seems like that's kind of the new thing as opposed to, you know, years ago you got, you know, you had guys that just always ran this place, always ran that place. It was kind of a constant. And now it seems like, uh, I'm not going to say like an outlaw type schedule because you guys are going to run for points, but it seems like that's the new thing to switch up where you're running on a, a yearly basis almost. Yeah, the the level of competition, especially in the Deo series, as I mean, probably <laughs> tripled, quadrupled over the last two, even two, three years. Um, pretty much since I started running it, I've seen like a massive influx of, uh, of high competition in that series. And I, I think you're hundred percent correct. Guys are really trying to branch out, build their teams bigger. Um, and even some guys are taking a different approach, you know, like trying to run tracks that allow them to race less so they can do more traveling and, and stuff like that. You know, it's, uh, it was a big deal for me when, when Norm called, cause I'm, my, personal teams kind of at a point where I don't think I could grow it anymore on my own, um, you know, funding wise and just, you know, trying to get the work done on the cars and have a full-time job myself and my crew guys, you know, we have a really, I have a really good crew, you know, finally it's taken me 10 years to build, um, you know, some of these friendships that I've had with my crew guys and really get everybody all on board to, to be able to do the amount of races that we do. Um, but it's, it's at a point, you know, where it's just, it's getting tougher and tougher to do it and, and teaming up with someone like Norm and like I said, Jay, um, 
you know, it's it's going to help me out a bunch, you know. I think just by working with them guys so far, you know, this winter on getting things put together and building them, um, you know, we seem to work really well together and have a good time. And, uh, you know, they're, they're super good guys to work with and, you know, they know what's going on. So uh, that makes it, you know, that much easier on a, on a driver like me. I'm used to, you know, I got to build all my cars myself. I'm, you know, I'm the one that has most of the brains behind the operation. You know, I make the, the decisions to the car. So it'd be really nice having guys like that to rely on. Um, you know, to, uh, give me feedback and tell me what I'm doing wrong and tell me what I could be to be better, you know? So I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. And it seems like nowadays, a lot more drivers, at least on the local level are very hands-on that very, you know, build your own stuff up, do your own sheet metal or shocks or what have you, as opposed to, you know, you get in the in the bigger series or even up to like a cup level, and a lot of guys don't tinker with things anymore. But it does seem that a lot. It's it's good to see, especially the younger guys. Um, yeah, you know, I'll use Yankowski as an example. I know that you know he's on the phone with shock guys in California on the phone, just talking about nonsense. And you wouldn't think to hear that from someone at his age, but I think it's a it's a trend that's changing now. I think a lot of guys are trying to get ahead of the game because everything's so neutral and kind of equal across the board that um, guys want to get their hands dirty and understand what it is that they're driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And that's, you know, I have a lot of respect for a lot of these younger guys that are coming up through here, running for their own teams. You know, like you used Alex as an example. That's a, you know, he's a, he's a perfect example for that. You know, it's, it's good to see these guys, you know, not just getting handed a ride and kind of showing up and driving type of good to see them, you know, work for their stuff and, and know what everything's about. And I always grew up like that. You know, my dad bought me my first go-kart when I was nine years old and pretty much rolled it in the garage and said, there you go. I'll drive it there. <laughs> you know, it's up to you to figure this stuff out. <laughs> You know, I had a couple of good people we were working with at the time to kind of rely on. But even at that age, it was like, you know, this is here. This is what prep you have to put on your tires. And this is what air pressure you should run. And, you know, if you're going to go to this track, these type of tires. And, you know, so it was that was always something that I was had to do myself. And and I, I looking back, I wouldn't have. I'm, I'm really glad my dad kind of did it that way. You know, he was, you know, he's, he's a hardworking guy. So he never really had time to uh, invest in the racing. I'm really thankful he did it, you know, the way we did it. Cause at the point I'm at now is, um, you know, I feel like I'm ahead of a lot of some of the guys that, you know, are, uh, I'm racing against knowledge wise and stuff. You know, you, you never know everything. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always something you try to, you know, build your notebook and build your, your knowledge over the years of driving. And it makes it easier, you know, looking back when you do it all yourself, it's not always, you know, the easiest way, but, uh, it's, um, you know, it turns out to be good in the long run. Well, yeah, it's, it's the notebook. I think that's the big, that's the key point. There's the notebook because everything's changing constantly with these cars, whether it's, you know, the bodies themselves or the frames or the tires, there's always something changing. And I mean, we all see it and watch, you know, Bicknell and Tio and Troyer and DKM and all those guys. They're constantly trying to get ahead of each other, which means something's changing, which, you know, the slightest thing on on a frame can make the biggest difference on the track. And I think it's about keeping that notebook up to date and as relevant as possible, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's where it comes into play. Like I was talking about getting teamed up with, uh, you know, like a bigger team and, and, uh, at, when you're at the right, you know, it's gotta be time, the timing has to be right, you know, and, um, just getting hooked up with the right people at the right times, you know, and knowing enough to work with those people to, to get an edge, you know, that's, uh, that's a, that's a big deal. Like I said, that's why, you know, this deal with Norm, I feel like came at a really good time for me and for him. Um, you know, just to, to freshen both of our, our teams up and and uh, try to be as dominant as possible. I think it's going to be a good combo. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you exclude the one-off drivers that Norm's had, and let's, you know, we're not going to factor in Max, you know, on a weekly basis, I think you're the youngest driver Norm's had in quite some time. I think uh, 
you know, a younger guy mixed with a tenured owner, you know, might just be the right combination that both of you are looking for at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I see us having very similar attributes. You know, a lot of people look at me when I'm at the racetrack and this is probably one of the reasons why I don't get very many rides. I don't, I don't, I'm not out schmoozing people and talking. I'm, I'm there working on my car. I'm there to win. You know, I take it very serious. And then that, that can come off as, man, that guy looks like he's miserable or I'm not going to talk to him. He looks like he's grumpy, you know? And, and, uh, you know, it can give you, you know, just a, a bad rap sometimes. And, and, you know, we're serious. We just want to, we're there to win. And, uh, you know, Norm's got that same, you know, attitude with this and, uh, I don't blame him. Yeah. This, this racing deal is expensive and, uh, you know, you go there to win and, you know, to, to run second sucks. So it's, um, yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be a good combo. I'm, uh, I'm super excited. And like I said, too, it's going to be really good for me as a driver to get to some different places and race twice as much and, uh, you know, have them guys to kind of help me out. So it'll be good. Yeah. And I think, you know, the last couple of years, you know, you've gone to the Sixer and, you know, it hasn't been the best. <laughs> it hasn't been the results you've been looking for. But I, I think running there on a weekly basis down at Grandview every week may just give you, you know, and and also with Norm's notes, you know, he's ran his car there for years. Uh, I think it's going to give you a better shake at the Sixer coming up this year. I think that's definitely going to help. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, we've 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 had a good car a couple times. The Sixer is just a tough deal to just show up for, you know, if you don't pill draw well. Um, like even this year, I didn't pill draw very well. All the heat races are loaded. Um, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good car this year. Uh, but you just don't know, like going into feature time, like those guys have it figured out. They know when the top's good. They know when the bottom's good. You know, as a driver, uh, Grandview is just kind of one of those places. It just seems like the knowledge means more than, uh, you know, as a driver, the knowledge you have of, you know, where to be on the racetrack at what time just seems to be, um, so much greater than it is at other places, um, that it's, you know, it's tough to uh, just kind of show up there for that one race a year and, and expect to run, you know, top five and, and uh, even top 10, honestly, because of the field of cars that are there. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely the case down there. It's, it's kind of one of those things where, I mean, yeah, you can go to any track and you can watch a couple of regular weekly shows and go, oh, yeah, it seems like the same kind of guys are always up towards the front. But Grandview is the one where it's amazing how because, you know, they invert, I think, 15 or 16, depending on car count. And that's a deep invert. You know, yeah. a lot of tracks are 12 or a lot of traveling series are 12, but they do 15 to 16 and you got to get your way through the front. But somehow it seems like the very few familiar faces are always up there at the end. And it's like, you know, knock on wood, you can't avoid a pile up in front of you. You can't tell me that you randomly just cut a tire or something just happens to go wrong. But those few guys always get through it and always end up up there. And it's like they must figure this track out that well that they avoid those oddball kinds of things somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've been studying a lot cause, um, you know, you just, as a driver, that's the type of thing that you need to do in the off season and watching lots of videos. And just, like I said, I've really picked up on like, there's just, and, and I'm that way at new Egypt, you know, I've been there for so long that I know where you need to be, mm -hmm. you know, when, when the track's a little bit dusty, if that top, you know, if it ain't top dominant in New Egypt, you better be on the bottom coming off the two on a restart. You know, like I, I know that that's, you know, that's, and, and most of the guys know that, you know, and that's, that's like where you have to be. And if you get nudged up off the bottom or, or miss the bottom, you know, you lost two or three spots and that's, you know, that's a, a big deal. And I've been watching videos at Grandview and I can see, you know, like in the heat races and stuff like that, you know, how, uh, how guys maneuver and how they, uh, you know, how they're able to, to do that. Like you said, like just pick their way to the front and sometimes it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. It doesn't look like they're going anywhere. And all of a sudden they're there, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking weird. And it's almost like they, they, they get runs like sprint cars do, you know, a sprint car can, can pick up a lot of, a lot of time and, and distance in a really short amount of time. Modifies don't tend to do that on a regular basis, but those guys, it's like, where the hell they come from 
It's so strange. Yeah. But like you said, you know, and you bring up a good point, turns one and two at New Egypt. That is one of the trickiest turns on dirt that I can really think of because it's so unique. And as much of what goes on, I mean, we always see someone will get turned around. Um, or like you said, if you don't, if you're not on the bottom when you should, you know, when you should be or on the top when you should be, you can easily get shuffled back a lot, you know, at, at New Egypt. How, how was it learning that? I mean, did it take you a, a long time to figure that out? Yeah, you know, I, I feel it's funny. I've always been, you know, everybody knows me as like caster type and all that stuff. In the last couple of years, I feel like I've really roped that in, um, you know, and, and, and been a little, you know, taken that, you know, I still have the hammer in me and, you know, I can get around the top of three or four guys in a restart if I feel like that's where I need to be and, and go, go for it, you know, and just be aggressive and, uh, but I also have that that knowledge telling me when I'm going down into one on a restart, you know, hey, that top lane ain't going to work. That you know, you can see guys sliding up there or something, and and you just know as a driver that you just even if there's a guy in front of you, you better just stay on the bottom and and you know and ride it out. And it, you know, you end up picking up a couple cars just being a little less aggressive and a little more knowledgeable and patient behind the wheel. And like I said, I feel like the last couple of years I've really gotten. A lot more patient, you know, and it's, it, it comes down to equipment too. You know, we've, we've really stepped up our equipment program the last couple of years. Um, you know, not that I ever really ran junk, but, you know, compared to what we have now, we've, we've never really had this good of equipment and that always helps, you know, just having good stuff. It allows you as a driver to, to not push it as hard every lap and, and really be on the edge. Um, you know, like, like, sometimes it just uh it calms you down knowing that you have a good car and, and you're going to get to the front and you don't have to you know pick the car up put it on your back and carry it to the front per se so yeah um so you said that you know you got into go-karts when you were nine um now your dad's pretty well involved in the dirt scene um is that where you pick up a lot of your knowledge like when you when you were younger um, did he lend a lot of that information to you? Um, you know, like, like I said, he really wasn't, um, you know, he's, he's not good with the cars or anything, strictly a motor guy. Um, I've learned a lot of motor knowledge from him and grew up as a young age, you know, it was my job to every motor that came back customer wise was, it was my job to strip them all down and take them apart and, um, you know, put the box, all the parts up and stuff like that. So mechanically wise, like just working on things, I learned a lot from him, um, you know, getting things fixed up, but car wise, you know, and chassis wise, setup wise, I've learned a lot of that on my own, you know, just, uh, trying to surround myself with, with the right people and, uh, just be a sponge and absorb as much as I can, um, you know, throughout the years, you know, my dad's always been there, um, you know, somebody to lean on. He's really good at fixing stuff, fixing broken things and um you know he always seems to have a plan for for getting things fixed up so um he's definitely taught me a lot in that in that area of it but um at the same time like i said I've learned a lot of it on my own and um you know, like i said earlier it's it's good that i've learned it that way because you seem to take more with you when you've you've worked hard for it and uh, you know learned a lot on your own you know, it seems to seems to stick better, and and you end up knowing what you need, and you have more feel for the cars and stuff like that. So, it's uh, you know, it's it's worked out good for me so far. So, once you went through the go kart uh, phase of things, what was your next step up to getting to where you are? Yeah, so I ran carts up until like 2006, um, and then we got hooked up with a, a family friend of ours who bought me a sportsman car um and i ran the rookies at new egypt in 2007 and i uh, ran a couple times i think i was allowed to run like three races at the end of the year in 2006 we went to diamond a couple times and and ran there because i wasn't old enough to race in jersey yet ran at diamond a few times and then ran the rookies in 2007 like i said i went right from carts jumped right into the sportsman cars and only ran like a handful of years in the sportsman, uh, went away to college and then uh, came back 
and um, pretty much moved right into big blocks when I came back from school. So I honestly, I never even won a sportsman race. Um, we really didn't run sportsman enough to, uh, you know, to, to get any wins or anything like that. And other than the rookie wins that I got at New Egypt and moved right into big blocks at New Egypt. And, you know, that seemed to, seemed to suit me pretty good. And I did really well in the big blocks, won two races in 2012, my first full year of running big blocks. So, um, you know, it was just kind of one of them things. We jumped right into it. So when you went off to college, you didn't race at all when you were in school? Um, I ran carts when I was out there. I kind of just to keep myself busy. Um, you know, I bought my own go-kart stuff and ran out there and, um, you know, it was just, it was kind of too tough to do anything else. Helped a lot of guys run some bigger cars out there and, um, just tried to stay sharpened up. And I came back a couple times and ran for a guy named Joe Bauman. He, um, he let me run his car probably two or three times while I was back home and, and, uh, got teamed up with him for a little while there, ran some, ran some sportsman stuff too, when I came back and, uh, like I said, then went right right into the big block stuff. Oh, okay. So you didn't necessarily disappear for your entire college career. You just laid off a little bit and uh, just raced whenever you could. But uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you are the only one in New Egypt history to win the rookie and to win the big boy championship. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they actually – I didn't even know that uh, – that that was the case, and they they no, I think it was Nick Leach brought that up to me, or Nick or Pete brought it up to me when they were interviewing me after the, after we won the championship down there. Uh, they they said that, so that's pretty cool, you know, to, to be one of those guys. And I hope that you know it keeps the younger generation of drivers, you know, thinking about stuff like that. You know, that it is possible to, you know, I consider myself. I've been a small team for a while now. You know, just one car and you know, a couple different motor combinations maybe. And, you know, we've, uh, we've grounded out and, um, you know, made our way from, from winning a rookie championship all the way to winning a, you know, a modified championship. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I think the funniest part about that interview was you actually didn't know what it paid to win the title. <laughs> yeah. Well, they lied to me about that too. So <laughs> I don't even know if we should go there. You're going to get me all riled up now. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I thought it was funny because I knew of the outcome after the fact. So yeah, Yeah. I had to, I had to throw that in there for you, but, um, (laughs) it was going to be, we we knew it was going to be less. And I understand that, you know, as a, as a business owner, you know, last year was really tough to, uh, you know, to pay out, you know, what they were expecting to pay. And I, I just, I was a little, little aggravated because every other racetrack it seemed like paid their normal purse um we did get pretty much just shy of just over 50 percent of the races in so i felt like it should have been at least 50 percent of 10 grand (laughs) right uh, yeah i think that i think that happened at orange county too because i think they were guaranteeing twenty five thousand to win and i think they ended up hitting a snag too because of being shut down and everything like they had so yeah it's it's tough. You know, I dealt with it, you know, with some of my sponsors last year, you know, some of these, some of these smaller businesses, you know, I, I get it, you know, and, and, um, I kept them on the car and, and just, you know, just to try to help them out. Cause I felt like everybody's struggling, you know, so we might as well try to get things built back up here after the virus knocked everything back down. The same thing with the tracks, you know, it's, I, I understood it. We knew we kind of discussed it. You know, I think it was, couple races in they discussed that you know there was going to be a point fund they just weren't sure how much it was going to be so um you know it is what it is i was just as a as an owner i was a little bit disappointed i was hoping it was going to be something a little bit more than than what it was but uh you know like i said it is what it is we we can't be uh can't be too greedy in this sport you know it was uh like i said it was meant more to me that you know we finally did it and um you know, we, we got the championship. We've been, honestly, we've been really close the last couple of years. And last year I felt like I had a better, I would say 2019, I think it was, felt like I had a better shot at winning it than even I did this year. Um, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, it was kind of handed to me this year, but that um, <laughs> yeah, is what it is, you know, and um, I kind of feel the same way too. You know, I want to race it out with people and not have, you know, certain things happen, but uh, you know, it's racing, you know, you got to, uh, Everything's got to go your way, and it's gone not our way enough, so we'll uh, take it however we can get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't 
you can't just you can't take away the victory because of the unfortunate circumstances that happened to Billy. I mean, it's it's the same thing as if your football team wins the big game against the backup QB. Well, it's the backup QB that's not your fault. It's exactly. one of those types of things, right? Yeah, exactly. And I felt like I kind of backed it up there by going back, you know, the for the All Star Cup and winning that, and that being my first big win of you know of my New Egypt career. We've seemed to let let the big races get away from us too, um, you know, the last couple of years. So you know, it, it is what it is. And you know, like I said, we'll we'll take them how we can get them. I felt like the year before, I had the same type of issues as Pouch had this year. Mm-hmm. Um, other hospitalization you know he had flats and mechanical issues and stuff like that leading races and that was kind of how our 2019 was you know we had a bunch of flats in the beginning of the year and um you know just silly things happen i i honestly think i had a, a, a piece of dirt come up and break my fuel pump off in 2019 and that's what pretty much cost us the championship was that night was the only night that i really had a, a dnf it, it happened on the last lap coming to the checkered and and I finished 19th that night. And that was really all the points were lost on that night. And, uh, you know, it was tough. So, well, then you, uh, you tried to give it away this past year too, didn't you? Yeah. You know, it was, <laughs> I, I just, it seemed like in the middle of the year there, it, it wasn't me giving it away. Nobody could pass down there. And, and, uh, it was really tough for anybody to come from the back. Even me and past junior, we were scratching our way to you know fifth sixth barely you know seventh and eighth some weeks in, in midsummer there and just you know how, how the handicapping works um that's such a big deal anymore you know even if you're starting two rows ahead of of somebody who's just as fast as you it's uh that that means everything that's that's the make or break deal you know to uh, to get you to the front over you know getting yourself to mid packet uh, some nights but you had an issue wasn't it championship night? You had an issue where you had to switch something out. Yeah, yeah, you know it's funny. We um, we went through everything really, really good that week, and uh, uh, I don't know if when we were rebuilding our, we kind of went through our fuel pump because um, we last year we were using alcohol the last half of the year there. So we went through everything really good just to make sure we weren't going to have any problems. And I don't know if we missed something when we put the fuel pump back together, but. We were having some fuel issues and, and really chasing ourselves around and, and trying to get it fixed after warm-ups there and had to go out in a couple of the back of a couple of sportsman heat races to try to get my stuff running right. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of them deals, you know. It's always, I've always said that it feels like I have a black cloud following me around uh, my whole racing career. Every time I'm uh, in a position to win or something like that, something something crazy happens it seems like so that was uh felt like that was the little black cloud popping its head up <laughs> <laughs> well luckily, I mean, it didn't, luckily it didn't get me but the, the cool part of the whole story though for you know anyone that's listening doesn't know is mikey butler who did finish second year in the points right he came over and was helping you get everything tried to get everything fixed yeah, me and Mikey, we've we've pretty much been, and me and all the butlers, we've been like brothers our whole lives. You know, we've been friends since we were little kids. You know, and um, we've always tried to help each other out as much as we can. And and it was funny because I felt like most of the nights last year, Mikey had a better car than me. And the year before, I had, you know, he had come back to New Egypt and to decide to run modifieds full time at New Egypt and uh was looking for a little bit of help and i pretty much fed him everything that was i was doing to be successful down there and then he started beating me and i'm like ah shit you know <laughs> now, now i'm in trouble you know and and uh it started becoming like yeah you know, we pretty much had to we had to race really hard with each other all this past year and uh yeah we we've always tried to help each other out you know like i said we're me and him are like brothers man and uh same thing with his brother clay you know we we always try to help each other out and try to be as successful um and, and work together like that and and his car owner his, his father-in-law uh short load dave short load concrete he's He's been, uh, you know, a huge part of my success the last four or five years um, with both my mine and Craig's car. Um, you know, he really helps to uh, make sure that we can do these races right and, um, you know, get just get everything that we need and, and not have to worry as much about, you know, funding. He's a, he's a great guy and he helps us out a ton. 
Oh, that's always good to see. Yeah, I didn't realize that you guys were that close, but uh, it was kind of one of them feel-good stories to hear that the guy who finishes runner-up is actually helping the guy who wins the championship the night of, which is kind of, that's a, that's a really cool story because, you know, there's always going to be rivalries in this sport. And, I mean, even you and Billy Jr., you guys talk a whole lot too, and it's cool to see that there's camaraderie that goes around along with being able to be competitive at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. We all try to we all try to work together. You know, we're we're in this racing deal, and we know we got to race each other every week. And you know, we're not going to cut any, each other any slack when we're out there racing each other. But at the same time, you know, if, you know, like, like I said, I I pretty much helped Mikey, you know, get going at New Egypt, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, and and Dave's helped me. So we all we all try to help each other, and and um, you know, just just try to be as successful as we can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that getting to be a part of, you know, a weekly program like I am and, you know, like you are, you get to see those kinds of things. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's good to know it's not so cutthroat as people may think it is. I mean, yeah, there's been guys who dislike each other and still do to this day, but for the most part, guys are willing to lend a helping hand as much as they are able to, you know, as time, as time allows, of course. But, um, no, it's always a good thing to see. You mentioned Craig's car, so the the Pondish owned number six. It seemed like for a while there, you guys were having a lot of issues. Um, and I feel like that actually was there before you hopped in the car. But over, I'm going to say the last year, it looks like things are really starting to come together. I mean, you had the heat win at Port, which was a huge thing. Um, how's that working out for you? Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, we've been, uh, we've been working really, really hard. Um, you know, Craig's got great equipment and he's, uh, he's got some really good motors and, and we've switched to Bicknell cars and that's been a big help too, you know, just, uh, keeping us up front. And like I said, it's, it's not, um, you know, it's, it, the results aren't as good as I want them to be, but looking at it from an outside point of view, you know, every race I take his car to is like the best of the best. You know, you got, you know, there's 40 cars there that can win the race and, uh, to, to run in the top five. And like you said, I, I pretty much, I consider that the uh, qualifier win at Port Royal, that was like a, a feature, you know? So it was, that was a big deal. Like you said, and, um, we've been really, you know, getting closer with his car to being, you know, a, a top Northeast modified team, you know? And, and, uh, like I said too, it's, um, it's, it's felt really good. You know, we've, like I said, we really built on that and, and tried to, you know, get this stuff, uh, running as good as we can get it and, um, you know, keep it up front. So when you take over that ride from uh, Wade was in it before you, so you go down there, you meet with, you know, Craig and Leslie or whatever. And how do you as a driver, you have all this knowledge and you kind of have to point out some things that may make their program better. But in the same sense, it's kind of a, well, this may have been why it wasn't successful before. How do you approach that situation the right way? without kind of pointing out flaws, but at the same time, you're trying to make things better. Yeah. It's, it's tough sometimes, you know, and, and they have to deal with the same type of thing, you know, with switching drivers, you know, they, you know, I'm sure there was times where I let them down. I, I was leading a race at Bridgeport on the three eighths mile, um, you know, back, you know, uh, it was probably the first year I started driving for him and, and, uh, it was kind of a mechanical issue, but I kind of just dumped it leading all by myself. <laughs> um, you know, we had a, a, a tire lock up on, uh, on a, on a part on the front end of the car that we were, uh, you know, trying something different, trying to get the car better. And, uh, it, um, you know, spun me around in front of everybody, but it, you know, I'm sure to everybody else, it just looked like I spun out leading all by myself and felt like we gave one away. So it's, you know, it's tough sometimes, you know, you gotta, um, I pretty much just hopped in his stuff and it, he had really good equipment when I first, you know, started driving for him right off the bat. And, um, you know, we were pretty much running top 10 in a lot of the short track super series races as soon as I, I started driving for him and, you know, we've slowly kind of, uh, built things up. And like I said, we made it a chassis change and that, that helped quite a bit. Um, and, you know, just, um, just keeping things fresh and, and trying to, uh, 
you know, get some, get some newer motors and stuff like that. Just to, uh, just to make sure that, you know, stuff is, uh, stuff is, is up to par and not, um, you know, not breaking. So it's been, uh, they're, they're awesome people, man. I, I tell people this all the time and, and Wade can attest for this too. They're, they're, they're like family to me now, you know, they're, they are such good people, um, that I just, you know, I, I try real hard to run, run as good as I do in my own car and their car, you know, I treat it like my own and, uh, you know, try not to tear it up. And, um, they're just, they're awesome people. They give me everything that I need to, uh, to be able to run up front in a lot of these, these big races that we go to. So it's, uh, they've been awesome. Have you, uh, you know, in your years of running this short track super series, have you ventured up North up into the New York tracks at all? Yeah, I've I've been to Five Mile Point a couple times. I ran pretty good at Afton with Craig and Leslie's car. I think it was uh, not last year, the year before for the Short Track Super Nationals. We were running in the top five there, uh, won the dash. So we we ran really well there. And then uh, I think it was the year I won the Coal Cracker. I took my car up to uh, Thunder Mountain for the Short Track Super Nationals. Ran pretty good at Thunder Mountain. Um, so I've been to a couple of those tracks probably been uh shoot whew, probably almost 10 years now um i went to brewer in one time like 10 years ago it was my first year running big blocks i took my big block car up to brewer and how was that um, uh, it was good actually i mean i i didn't know shit back then not that i know anything <laughs> now but i was i was really green with with that stuff i was actually i i I won, I won a race at new egypt that made me a guaranteed starter for the hurricane 100 so oh, nice I went up and I actually, I started like fourth in my heat and I, I ran, I think in the, you know, top two or three in my heat race. And then the track got slick. <laughs> so I, I made a couple laps in the feature and ended up pulling off just because, you know, we had no idea what we were getting into. Those places are so slick up there. And, you know, like I said, I was my first year running a big block and we just kind of, we pretty much had no clue, <laughs> you know? And, uh, we struggle a little bit, but, um, yeah, you know, I've been, that was kind of the furthest up in New York I've been. I, I want to really try to get to Fonda this year. Um, you know, now that Brett's running it, uh, that looks like that place would suit me really well. So I'd like to like to get up there and, um, you know, try to branch out a little bit and try to do some more traveling. I tell people all the time I've been there twice. I love Fonda. I love the shape of the track. It's, oh, it's so awesome. Just, a if you if you go up there and you have a, a chance to sit in the grandstands and just watch whatever it is, sit in turn four and just watch them make that ninety degree left hand turn, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it seems like I you know I was I've been really good on like the five eighths mile at Bridgeport and um, you know those big sweeping type of tracks. It seems to suit me really well, so I uh, I think it would fit me well. I think I would do good at a place like that. So I'm gonna. Like I said, I'm, it's on my bucket list. I want to go up there and try it. And uh, you know, like I said, this year may be the year. We'll see. So you don't really have a whole lot of experience on Hoosiers then? I pretty much have none other than my rookie season at uh, at, at New Egypt. Um, you know, we ran Hoosiers that year. They were dirt sanctioned that year. Um, so my first year at New Egypt running sportsman, I ran Hoosiers and that was about it. Honestly, I don't think I've ran them other than running the Turkey Derby at wall stadium. Oh, that's um, right. You've ran asphalt. <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that. Other than, running them, other than running them on asphalt. I don't think, uh, I don't have any experience on them, honestly. So how was running wall stadium in the Turkey Derby? Uh, I think it's a blast. I mean, that's probably, I, I, not that we're going to probably do it ever again in the near future but um you know that was one of the races i looked forward to and and racing for horton and them guys you know we was just it was a good time and a lot of fun and um you know it was uh it was one of them races we just looked forward to going and doing it's something different um you know wall's a pretty cool track and and uh you know we we had a blast running there but that's kind of the only hoosier experience i have <laughs> and uh that's pretty much you both the oldest uh tires with the most tread on them so they last the longest and try not to burn them off before lap 50. <laughs> yeah well that's that's kind of how hoosiers are on dirt too i mean most of the tracks up north uh get like you said they get slicked off and uh, you know the opportunities that you would have to run them are probably going to be more of the long distance races anyway. So it's definitely going to get slicked off and it's just a, a, a tire conservation kind of thing. Um, you know what, but I think that's where 
those guys that run those longer distance races on a regular basis translate more when they come down and run, you know, Brett stuff and they run a 200 lapper or they run, you know, a 50 or a hundred lap or whatever it may be. I think that's where it translates better for them because they're used to playing the conservation game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, uh, going back to what I was talking about earlier, trying to be more patient here and, and uh, just being a little less aggressive, you know, like it's the longer races seem to be clicking a little bit better for me now. Um, I was kind of bummed that we didn't, uh, you know, get to finish the 200 lapper at Port Royal. We had a and um, just one of them freak things, you know, and kind of took us out of contention there. But winning the 100 lapper at New Egypt and, um, you know, winning the coal cracker that one year, it's, um, it seems like the last couple of years I've been starting to get a little bit better at these long distance deals and um, knowing how to pace myself and when to go and when to not go and when to kind of save your stuff, like you were saying. So it's uh, it's definitely a, it's definitely a different, totally different game than the, uh, the normal 30, 40, 50 lappers. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's going to take some getting used to, especially, you know, some of the younger guys that are now out there winning races as, you know, the times are changing kind of thing. But, um, you know, the perfect practice for it is running a a 200 lapper at a place like Port Royal where it's not it's not 50 laps on a bull ring. It's 200 laps on a half mile. And you're putting it, I mean, what, that's 100 miles you got to run. That's a long distance for for anybody. But, um, you know, there were a bunch of guys that I was very surprised in their longevity, and they were able to be patient and not necessarily try to get to the front as quickly as possible and just kind of meticulously work their way to the front. And you've definitely had that. I can see it, you know, watching you race as much as I have. I can see there's a huge difference in the person that was running the coal cracker back in 2018. Um, you know, and it's only going to make you a better driver in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like I said too, other than the expense of running those longer races, I've, I've enjoyed it. I used to, you know, not really like it because it's, you know, it's, that didn't suit me as well, but now that I've kind of grasped it a little better, I've, uh, I, I enjoy running the longer races now. It's, you know, it's, it's something fun to do. I wouldn't, wouldn't like to do it every week and, um, I like how Deo does it too, you know, having those 40 lappers, 50 lappers, those are, those are kind of almost tougher than the hundred lappers sometimes because it, sometimes you have to pace yourself, but sometimes you can't. So those are kind of more of a crapshoot. Those, those 50 lappers, it seems like, um, you know, over like the hundred lapper, you know, at some point you're going to have to pace yourself, whether it's in the beginning or at the end, um, you know, that's where you have to pick and choose, but sometimes those 50 lappers, you go out there and run the crap out of your stuff and, uh, you know, come back in with a flat tire or, you know, go out there and you're like, okay, it's going to wear tires and take your time. And next thing you know, it went green the whole time and you dilly dallied around too long and didn't pass anybody. So those, those 50 lappers can be tough too. Yeah. And I think that's where races like the Cole cracker and the 76 er have gotten even tougher because the fuel stop is no longer there. It's all green. So it's, well, now when do I go? Now I can't just limp around for half the race and see where everything's shaked out and then go. No, you might not get that opportunity. (laughs) So it's gotten a little bit tougher. But uh, no, I think you're going to have a good year. I think, uh, like I said before, I think this whole deal with you and Norm is going to pan out uh, for the better for both of you, to be honest. I love talking to Norm. I talk to him every Friday. He'll come up to my table and it is just the funniest conversation I have all week. But oh, uh, yeah. that's uh, that's what we've been dealing with at the shop. He's quite the jokester. And that's kind of how we are, too. And, you know, we like to harass each other and have a good time. And and uh, yeah, he's uh, it's uh, so far so good. You know, we haven't really we haven't ran any races yet. So who knows how it's going to end up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I could go out there and run last every week. And and uh, I'm sure neither of us would be happy with that. So. Um, but now I, th- I think we're going to be good. We seem to really click and, and Jay too, you know, it's, uh, it's really good to work with someone like him. You know, he's got a lot of knowledge and, uh, we can bounce ideas. So, um, he's a hardworking guy just like myself. And, um, like I said, I think it's going to be a really good deal and I'm excited. And it's, um, you know, it's not that I've completely given up my own stuff either. You know, be, I'll have my car and Craig's car on the short track super series, um, still. So it's good to still be able to, you know, run for Craig and, um, 
you know, keep my own car out there as well. So it all worked out really well this year. Good. Yeah. Now see, and that's bringing the 32 out is important after you sent everybody those damn shirts. You can't get yeah. up on the ride. <laughs> I know. That's I, I ordered the shirts. I bought a new truck. I was literally signing the paperwork, buying a brand new truck when, uh, when Norman Jay called me and I was like sitting there like, Oh my God, I got too much going on right now. <laughs> this made some pretty big decisions here. And, uh, you know, it's now, now I won't need any of this. It seems like so, but, uh, yeah, no, it's good to, um, you know, I got a lot of people that help me on my own car and Craig's, um, and, and same thing for, for the people that help Craig too, you know, it's, uh, um, it's really good to be able to kind of balance everything out and, um, you know, I, it's getting tougher and tougher for me to run a full schedule, you know, race every week with my own car. And so it, it worked out really well what we're doing with, um, you know, with, uh, with Norm there. And, um, it'll be good too having, you know, Max, you know, driving, giving some input too. Um, you know, we've been talking quite a bit and, uh, I think it's going to work out the best for both of us. It's, uh, it's always good to have, you know, more hats in the ring and, um, you know, just try to, uh, bounce ideas and try to get, get uh get the most uh, out of everything we can absolutely well uh before i cut you loose and let you get back to uh getting prep for uh testing tune tomorrow uh anybody uh you want to give some shout outs to or sponsors yeah yeah you know like like i was saying earlier short load concrete uh, gary septic service brangle construction austin he's been a big part of my team and helping and everything uh um you know my crew guy tommy tanner too those two guys have been working their butts off on uh, on all my cars the six the 32 the 357s we've been uh we've been keeping everybody busy and um got a couple new ones on my car this year too bank tree and lawn care uh man miller electric doug man miller's uh, a good friend of mine and uh, it'd be fun to race with him weekly at grandview this year and park next to him so we've been uh we've been pretty close the last couple of years so um he's been a big help and uh um, CJB mechanical welding, big race products, Tanner builders. Um, there's a bunch of them that help me out here. I'm sure I'm forgetting some bucks, inspections, Jones racing products. I've been wearing, wearing the Joneses out lately, <laughs> getting, uh, getting my, my car up to snuff for the short track super series. And, uh, CJ has been helping me out quite a bit here with getting some dry stuff lines made. So I, uh, owe a lot to them. And then on Craig's car, CNS equipment, of course, Miller Ford and uh, Napa Auto Parts Connection. And, um, you know, we uh, we hope that, um, you know, everything stays together and runs good this year. Don't forget Norm's save station. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't want to leave Norm out. Is the car going to look the same as it did last year? Yeah. Yep. They look pretty much identical to uh, to what they did last year. So I can't um, convince him to get that number back on the door. Well, it's it's good advertising, man. You gotta get that that norm is that norms is way more important than that three fifty seven part. You know that. Come on. Oh, now. I know. I tell him all the time. <laughs> I said, "What are you gonna put the number back on the door where it belongs?" Well, nah. That's where my name goes. I, that's, something, that's something different. I I think it looks cool back there, you know, with the with the three digit number and and you know it gives him his his you know his logo there a bigger spot on the car so i i get that that looks cool and he's uh, paying the bills man he puts that number wherever he wants to put it yeah right (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh i'm gonna let you get back to work um send my uh hellos down to norm and uh and mr mechanics race winner tommy tanner as well but uh (laughs) well he's still riding that wave you know that oh he's gonna for for (laughs) years to come Remember that, one, remember that one time? <laughs> yep. Yeah, you never know. He may make an appearance in the uh, in the 32 car sometime this year. We'll uh, we'll keep that uh, kind of under wraps. But uh, you know, now I'm, I I put a big block engine in my own personal car to run the short track super series race with. Um, we're having some trouble getting you know this COVID thing's got everything all kind of jumbled up right now. Getting engine parts is super difficult. Um, so Craig's good engine is, is big cubic inch Ford engine is not fixed yet from last year. Um, we're still waiting on some parts for that. So I put my big block back in my car. And, um, so we'll have two short track super series cars to my disposal this year. So we may, we may have to put the old, uh, 
mechanics race wonder in the 32 car see how he does with some big smoke under the hood yeah just make sure you put the training wheels on it too because that can get ugly yeah right all right buddy i will let you get back to work i will catch you in a week my friend i'll see you down at georgetown sounds good man i'll talk to you thanks a lot yep you got it see ya